It's a beautiful morning. The birds are chirping. The sun is shining. And you're listening to Breakfast with Ozzy. Next up, some smooth jazz on your drive to unemployment. What the fuck? <laughs> I know it's mean to say you're green, but you gots to leave WWE. You're not fit to be the shit, so stay at home and make my grits. <laughs> That's the first verse. If anybody's looking for a new co-host for any radio <laughs> show, I'm available. Good evening, wrestling fans, entertainment fans. This is Anthony of wrestling-news.com. I want to thank you very much for listening tonight. Oh, how I had no idea that the wrestling world was filled with atheists. Dixie, you are forgiven. Hey, I'm Kermit D. Frog. I am the new GM for Raw. NXT! NXT! Yay! Get the fuck out of here. Go into the TNA Impact Zone with one of those metal detector wands, and when Hogan comes out to cut his promo and he's doing the echo guitar, just turn the fucking thing on. <laughs> Since youngins do listen, some of your youngins out there do listen, I think it's a little bit too inappropriate to be using the word cunt on this show. People out there, remind me in a little while the word Hindu. That's how the shows go. If you're new to the show, whatever comes to my mind, that's what I say. <laughs> uh, total non-stop Anthony That's what you got tonight Total non-stop Anthony Total non-stop Anthony Total non-stop So Daniel Bryan loses to Rusev on SmackDown And some people are losing their fucking minds uh, and It's amazing everyone Because I, I think some people don't realize that when you have a Twitter or a Facebook or a blog or a website or a podcast, there is a history of what you say. And it's just amazing to read people and listen to people uh, the last 18 hours bitching and complaining that Daniel Bryan lost to Rusev, yet for the last eight months... Why isn't Rusev getting a push? Rusev Day. Rusev Day. He's selling merchandise. He's over with the crowd. He needs a high-profile win. When are they going to give him a belt? What the fuck is going on? Why do they keep misusing Rusev? He finally gets a high-profile win. And people are, are paranoid. And look, I was a little bit sarcastic yesterday online. You know, anybody that watched SmackDown after Daniel Bryan lost... You know, what started resonating in my head is the public service announcement that WWE says over and over again, and even about Daniel Bryan being the underdog, the small person. If you lose, it's okay. Everybody loses in their life. But it's not how many times you get knocked down. It's how many times you get up, dust yourself off, get back on your feet, stay positive, keep your head held high. Don't just sit there and sulk about it. And I'm like, um, 
they're focusing on Daniel Bryan. He's got this depressed look like he's going to fucking blow his brains out. He's just nodding his head back and forth, back and forth. I lost. I'm a failure. What do I do next? Should I retire? I can't believe I'm, I I don't get a shot. And I'm just talking about the character. I'm not just trying to insult Daniel Bryan. But look at the ending of SmackDown yesterday. It's almost like they kept the fucking cameras on him for, for 45 seconds because they were waiting for the crowd. All right, everybody, when are you going to start chanting his name? We want to go off the air chanting his name. Come on, what's going on? And he's just sitting there, and he's sulking, and he's nodding his head, and he's got that depressed look like, I can't believe she left me. I can't believe I have nothing. I can't believe my life is over. I mean, it just... I, I watched that go off the air. I'm like, this is like total opposite of what WWE has been trying to preach about this whole thing. I thought it was ridiculously stupid. It's WWE's fault. It's not Daniel Bryan's fault. But, um, man, Rusev gets a high-profile win and you complain? You know, I, I I know people have asked me more more recently than ever, you know, why do I keep criticizing podcasts and websites? Number one, I'm not going to disrespect my listeners, we're all family. And I've said this repeatedly for years. I truly believe that our listeners are the most intelligent listeners out there. And I'm not comparing our podcast to Pritchard or Russo or Bischoff or anyone else. They're the, they're the pros. They're the big shots. They're the big time. All right. Their intelligence is, you know, next to none. But when it comes to amateurs and regular podcasts and, you know, schmoes like me and others, you know, I truly believe we have the most intelligent listeners because a lot of people out there, this is your WWE SmackDown recap live for blah, 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 blah. And I'm blah, 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 blah from blah, 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 blah. And welcome to this. And and like very robotic and more people, some people out there are more uh, concentrating on a beautiful backdrop and doing video and wearing suits and having clean shaved and clean cut and just looking spiffy and dapper and doing graphics in the background and little digital screens to try to role play as if they're doing mean gene oakland and doing a recap and shut the you fucking have all this cosmetic shit and then you go fucking live and you sound like retards can you buy any what and you know what are they doing with roman reigns roman reigns don't need a fucking briefcase daniel Bryan don't need a fucking briefcase they could put both of them in title pit have you noticed the amount of push that Roman Reigns has been getting. You don't need no briefcase. You got to give the briefcase to someone who can enhance it, tease it, help build them to the next level. And, and people are have their balls in a bunch. And then what's what's funny is hearing these podcasts insisting, trying trying to bring up, oh, Brock Lesnar is one step closer of being, you know, the 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 the, the he's going to surpass CM Punk as the longest reigning champ in the modern day era. What the fuck are you talking about? The same Matarazzi's talking about how Aiden English might have been injured at the Greatest Royal Rumble because the tombstone looked too real. What the fuck are you talking about? It looked too real supposed to look real idiots but anyway 
I want to welcome everyone to Breakfast with Blasi. I'm Don Tony. Yeah, I'll admit, <laughs> I had an energy bar. I had this OKF aloe organic drink, aloe vera drink that I'm addicted to. You know, the whole bottle is only 50 calories, but it's got a lot of energy. And I'm kind of bouncing off the walls right now. I'm on my lunch hour, and I wanted to come up here and give you a show as quickly as I possibly can. You know, I just want to let everyone know, going forward, Breakfast of Blasi on average is going to be about 60 minutes. It's been averaging around that area for a little while now. If you really need a longer show, seriously, patreon.com slash Don Tony. Every other week, Mish and I do breakfast soup. These episodes average between two and three and a half hours a pop. We get into so much shit over there. And, you know, I, I, I don't bring up breakfast soup when I have commentary to, like, throw it in anybody's face. Like, oh, you miss this. Of course you're missing out on a great show. But we have a lot of great discussion over there. And it carries over into these shows. But, you know, the big topic in the last week or two is Roman Reigns. And I know Meltzer in his newsletter, who I subscribe to. People have asked me, you, you know, I, I appreciate Meltzer. I've always been a fan of Dave Meltzer. I totally see, you know, his real preference for Japanese wrestling, and he has every right to 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 be that way. I mean, he he earned he's earned that right. But um, you know, he reported recently in his newsletter that WWE is now focusing on Roman Reigns. Uh, and the idea that he keeps being screwed over by management, almost like what they did with Daniel Bryan a couple of years ago. And a lot of people want my reaction to it. And honestly, I I just, it makes me fucking want to hate Roman Reigns even more. And I'm talking about the character. I have no personal animosity towards Roman Reigns. I totally understand that the, the aura and the people that know him say that he's a wonderful guy, great family man. And I'm going to say something about family a little bit later with Roman Reigns. All right. I don't hate him personally. His character itself, I really... You know, when we talked Monday about Baron Corbin, you know, I think some of you out there need to be reminded that WWE is an entertainment company. I totally get a lot of your favorites from 205 Live to AJ Styles and others really hone their craft and they really care about their in-ring work. They care about, you know, just really just doing outrageous moves, fluent, telling a story, smooth, the whole package but at the end of the day, WWE views it as entertainment. Have you taken notice of the stock market lately? Now, look, as quickly as the stock could go up, it could go down. Two years ago, I think two or three years ago, Vince McMahon sold a, a, about a million to a million and a half shares of stock. I think he got somewhere around $14 a share. I don't have the number exactly in front of me. Now, he still owns like 20 or 30 million shares, I believe. So he's still got a, a ton of shares. But the, the stock right now in two years has jumped from about $15 a share to $40 a share, $45 a share. And it's going to fluctuate. A week from now, it could drop down to $38 a share. Now, for those that don't follow the stock market, you'll see some websites like, yo, stock took a major dive, and oh my God, WWE should be concerned. No, if it, things fluctuate. But if you've paid attention to what I said about the greatest Royal Rumble, I didn't see it. I chose not to watch it because I didn't like a lot of the way the women were handled. Even though I said on Monday, 
that I don't think the women should have been paid. But I have no problem if WWE wants to give them a side check. I'm fine with that. There's no, there's no wrong answer there. You know, some people think, oh, you can't have it both ways. Yes, you can. I, I just did not want to take part in something where WWE, you know, see, let me let me say it like this. There is a big difference between business and uh, the the perception, you know, the PC, you know, the, the visual, the, the personal views. All right. Donald Trump. A lot of people can't stand this motherfucker personally. Snake in the grass, used to grope women, bragged about it. He's just a real asshole. I fucking can't stand him. But the guy is great at business. Sure, he's had projects fail over the years. But overall, the guy is a billionaire over for a reason. All right, yeah, he might have gotten a head start from his father, just like Vince and others. But there's a big difference between business and personal, your morals, all right? There's a big difference. And me, from my moral view, I chose not to watch it. But one thing that I have said the entire time, that this was big business for WWE. It's a publicly traded company. Sooner or later, and it's going to be more towards the sooner, we will find out how much they made from Saudi Arabia. And it's a big fucking number. And people are taking notice at the amount of money WWE is taking in. They're taking notice of merchandise. They're taking notice of the network. They're taking notice of a possible renegotiation of a TV deal. They're taking notice of the rumors of Fox Sports or Fox get it wanting to, to sign them. There's a lot of things in going in the right direction for WWE right now. That is business. That is not your morals. And what a lot of people seem to not understand is that morally something may not jive with you. You may see backlash and WWE online, we talked about on Monday, they were bragging on how they were the biggest social show on Sunday over the NBA Finals, over Major League Baseball, over all these fucking networks, but yet... Why were they getting the buzz on Sunday? Because of backlash. And what was the overall consensus about backlash? It sucked. So in business, hey, it's like what Shane Douglas said to me a long time ago, and I've brought it up many times over the years. Talk good about me, talk bad about me, just talk about me. And, of course, that could backfire with a publicly traded company. But the point is, is that even though a majority of the conversation Sunday for backlash was negative, They still bragged that they were the most social show on Sunday. Now, just because you're the most social show doesn't mean you're required to watch the product. That is something I think a lot of people didn't understand also. By the way, did I formally welcome everyone to this edition of Breakfast with Blossie? I don't think I did. So, welcome everyone. (laughs) Breakfast with Blossie. Don Tony here, May 9th, 2018. How's everybody doing? Hey, thank you so much for listening as always. Much appreciated, much love. But I want to get back to what I was saying about the most social show on Sunday. And I repeatedly said this online. Just because you're the most social show doesn't mean people are actually watching your product. And the perfect example of what I said happened on Monday's Raw. Monday's Raw 
and people are blaming on the NBA playoffs. They didn't blame it on the... Let me say it like this. Did the NBA complain on Sunday that they weren't the most social show because backlash was on? Come on. I think your raw rating the night after backlash says a lot. WWE Raw this past Monday scored the lowest rating that it's had in the year 2017. And when you actually look at the ratings breakdown, hour one, 2.7 million viewers. Hour two, the same thing. Hour three, 2.5 million viewers. Do you realize that Hulk Hogan's debut in TNA, which did not happen that long ago, that scored a bigger rating than hour three of Monday Night Raw following a pay-per-view. Three-way match for Bunny in a Bank shot. Reigns versus Balor versus... What does that tell you? So, again, most social show, you know, good business revenue, Saudi Arabia, the money they made there, WrestleMania, tickets, house shows, merchandise, licensing, rumored TV deal. You know, there's so many things going positive for WWE right now, and as a business... People are taking notice. But as fans go, you know, things look a lot different. So, you know, sooner or later, it's going to catch up. And I don't think this stock is going to stay around $45, you know, for all that long. Now, look, if WWE starts doing more overseas, you know, shots like they did with Saudi Arabia, of course, they're not going to make that kind of money other places, but if they could still be pulling in those big-time banks for these events, the stock will go up even more, even more, even more, because at the end of the day, they see that money. I mean, think about two years ago, that stock being at $15 a share, and now it's tripled. That That is awesome. That is awesome. And at the same time, it, it should also be a little concerning for people that don't like what's going on with Roman Reigns, because, you know, as I... Uh, con- I don't want to say contradicted. I disagreed with Kev last Monday. When Kev threw out that comment that the Roman Reigns experiment was a failure, no, 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 no. Four and a half years is not an experiment. An experiment is, if you look up the definition of an experiment, it's a short period of time. All right, And I understand not everybody wants to look at actual definitions, but hey, You know, just because it's pro wrestling, you know, oh, well, it's, you don't really have to follow the definition, you know, you know, Brock Lesnar, you know, it's really not the modern era, but it is, you know, you don't fucking create things simply because you're watching wrestling or baseball or no, you use fucking real terms. What what are you, 10 years old, five years old? It wasn't an experiment with Roman Reigns. I can't stand Roman Reigns, the character. I, I'm not interested. I'm not entertained by his work. The, the problem with Roman Reigns is that we don't even, for the people that are, are in the same feeling as me, we don't even want to see him beat up. We don't even want to see him get his ass kicked. I brought up last week John Cena versus Brock Lesnar on a pay-per-view a couple of years ago where John Cena just got his ass handed to him. And that was something that a lot of fans needed. WWE saw that, did it, gave it to the fans. John Cena, got to give him credit as well. And it was it was a release, so to speak. Not consciously, but a, a subconscious release as far as fans that just really were at their boiling point with John Cena. 
We don't even want that for the most part with with Roman Reigns right now because in your mind you think, okay, Samoa Joe's going to beat the fuck out of him and Samoa Joe's going to get the win and that's going to lead to him versus AJ Styles in the future, this and that. And in any given week, WWE could just throw the belt on Roman Reigns. Any given week, they could throw him into a title hunt. Every Any given week, he could beat someone that you expect actually Reigns to lose to. And on Monday, a lot of people did not buy it. They pretty much knew the same thing that I did. Roman Reigns don't need a briefcase to get a title shot. So he was the least person that needed a victory on Monday, and that's why he lost. The same thing with Daniel Bryan. Daniel Bryan don't need a briefcase to get a title shot. So for people that were so disgruntled yesterday that Daniel Bryan lost, what I mean, lighten up. You know, go go fucking outside, get some air, go watch a movie, get laid, fucking go play pinball. You know, go go play with Star Wars figures, do something. You know, get your mind off of it and just stop with this little bubble. I mean, damn. Seriously. So anyway, but getting back to Roman Reigns now. Um people have been asking me, what do I think is the overall problem with Roman Reigns? And I best described it this way online yesterday. And, you know, on Twitter, you only have a couple of characters. You don't have much, you know, much room to write. So I could do a little extended conversation here. But in my opinion, what WWE has been doing with Roman Reigns the last four and a half years, last four and a half years is like trying to put a square peg in a round hole. All right. No matter how you turn that square peg, it's still going to be fucking square. You could have Roman Reigns, the comedian, suffering, succotash. You could have Roman Reigns, the sympathetic guy. You could have Roman Reigns, the badass, bitch, ass, bitch. Every promo earlier shit, bitch. There had to be at least one, ass, bitch, yard, bitch, the guy, ass, bitch, tough guy. Then you could have do public service announcements, all right? Oh, you know, child abuse and women's abuse. And hey, I went to see the Martin Luther King Museum and hey, blah, 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 blah. And you, they try all these different sides to Roman Reigns. But no matter which side they keep showing, it's still a square peg trying to be shoved in a round hole. And for four and a half years, I don't blame WWE for the first year or two, all right? First year, okay, you know, he's he's new, he's, he's being, you know, singled out from the shield, the spotlight's on him, let's try this, okay, it didn't work, let's try this, it didn't work, let's try this, it didn't work. All right, let's take a step back, let's repackage it, let's, you know, regroup, and let's try this way. And then another year goes by, then, all right, this is not working, this, uh, and fans these days, and I've said this two years ago, and I think a lot of people will remember this. And I swear on a stack of Bibles, this is in no way disrespecting Daniel Bryan or anybody that is a huge Daniel Bryan fan. But Daniel Bryan's push and WWE, you know, showing the fans that they were the ones responsible for Daniel Bryan's rise to the promised land. Just like the fabulous Moolah Battle Royal. You know, you fans spoke out. You'd not taking into account that a lot of the fans that spoke out didn't really know the history, didn't understand the history. They're just reacting to what other people were saying. 
and made a quick judgment because they didn't have... And look, I don't blame WWE because they didn't have time to explain it, discuss it, this and that. Snickers is on their fucking back. Hey, we're sponsored WrestleMania. We don't want this fucking backlash, this heat, people trying to... Pro- you know, you need to make a decision now. You need to act on this now. You need to... All right, all right, all right. We'll pull it, we'll pull it, pull it. But by WWE focusing on... You fans spoke out. You fans showed us what you want. You fans, this, you open a Pandora's box. And when it came to Daniel Bryan, you open a Pandora's box, and it may not be consciously by fans, but it's subconsciously. Now fans think they could speak out and voice out and really cause a movement to really, you know, push who they want on TV and who they don't want on TV. And with Roman Reigns, it happened with Batista. You know, somebody said to me yesterday, well, you know what? You know, but, you know when uh, Roman Reigns came in, you know, this was, he was right after Daniel Bryan and, you know, the fans didn't accept him. I'm like, yeah, well, they did that to Batista. And for people that forgot, they also booed the shit out of Rey Mysterio when they realized that he was number 30 and not Daniel Bryan. All right. A lot of people got fucking booed because of Daniel Bryan. But the thing is, is that WWE fans and wrestling fans in general now are very aware at when WWE pushes someone and pushes them and pushes them and pushes them and it doesn't feel organic and people are complaining yet that person still gets pushed and still gets pushed and then they try to give this aura that Roman Reigns is no longer in the title hunt, no longer in the picture. But meanwhile, you realize that seven, eight months flies by like that and they could give the suspension and disbelief that Roman Reigns you know what we listened and we're not and then you realize the next thing you know there's a clip on YouTube from me from a year ago and I said hey everyone (laughs) smoke and mirrors with Roman Reigns before you fucking know it he's going to be main event at Wrestlemania again for anybody think that you know plans change uh -uh, it ain't happening it's exactly what happened Fans are smart enough to see that. And they see it with Roman Reigns the last four and a half years. And WWE is is they're stubborn. They they are insistent. They are convinced that Roman Reigns is the guy. Yard, the guy, the man, the guy, the yard, guy, the guy, yard, yard, the guy, the guy, the man, the the, the, the guy. They are not changing their plans for Roman Reigns. They are convinced that sooner or later, the goddamn square peg is going to fit in the round hole. And you know what? Will it become a point where fans just give up and say, fine, whatever, fine, uh, you know what? Just l- let them have it and we'll just, you know, we'll invest our time elsewhere. And they think the fans are going to just give up and soon enough expect it. And the more that this continues, the more people get pissed off at Roman Reigns. I fucking laughed my ass off that people actually thought that this guy was going to get cheered at WrestleMania. He had one week when he had some polite applause. And I actually had podcasters bringing up, hey, for all those marks out there that think that Roman Reigns is booed out of the building, did you hear what happened tonight? That's one fucking week out of 260. The fuck up. Seriously, it's the overall picture. WWE ain't changing plans. They're just, all right, well, you know, he's a young guy. We'll take our time. You know, we'll just, and that's the problem. Now, of the last four and a half years, you know, the only time that I actually had like a little bit of personal emotion 
towards Roman Reigns in a positive way when it was the anniversary of Rosie's death. And Roman Reigns had commented that he really misses his brother. And you know what? I took a step back as a human being, and I'm like, yeah, I feel fucking bad for that guy, for real. You know, and you hear stories about him with his family. He's like, you know, he sounds like, he, you know, he's a good guy with his family. Problem is, this is an entertainment company. I want to be entertained. Everybody out there wants to be entertained. We are not going to watch something, someone and fucking get behind them simply because they're a good guy in the real life. All because he misses his brother. All because he's good to his kids. And all because, you know, he was bullied when he was a kid. And all because of this. And all because... The fuck up. It's an entertainment company. Stop trying to fucking use a thousand and one excuses that have nothing to do with entertainment to kind of almost feel guilt. And, oh, you know, she... She was so abused. So you know what? We should fucking get behind her because, you know, because she represents everybody who's bullied and sooner or later the bully beats the other. No, the bully doesn't always kick the other person's ass. You know, it's just WWE's really, really having a hard time getting people over simply because they could cut a good promo, because they could wrestle in the ring, because they connect with the fans, and the fans get entertained. They try to put a thousand and one other reasons as to why you should get behind this person. And sooner or later, I think the fans will get more behind Roman Reigns. As crazy as that sounds, I will be here. As Kev said, it's a failed experiment. Don Tony is telling everybody here right now, sooner or later, Roman Reigns will get over. WWE is going to keep throwing shit on the wall, and sooner or later, something is going to stick. And the problem is, for me, is that I've been a fan since 79. I have somewhat said this before, but I'm going to say it specifically now. In all of the years of watching pro wrestling, and I'm not including TNA because there's been one or two people in the past, Jeff Jarrett, um, that would just push for years and years and years. And people like, why? I mean, you understood because, you know, being involved with the company and behind the scenes and having your own promotion and it's that. But putting people affiliated that have some type of ties of ownership or management, I can't think of one person in the big time. Can't think of one person since being a fan as a kid, 79, that got a four and a half fucking year run. And a majority of people out there do not like the person, do not. It's not the personal Roman Reigns, but don't want this person in the main event picture. Don't want this person as their champion. Don't want this person main event WrestleMania. Triple H could say a thousand times, he oh, he's a heel already. You're booing him? He's a heel already. Or, you know, his fellow workers saying, you know, people are just booing him because everybody else does. Well, then tell me why everybody else does. And then there's no answer. Because people out there, they're not going to ask the follow-up questions. That's why I don't interview people. Because I don't want to come off as a dick. And I'm not stupid. If I would have interviewed Dixie Carter from years ago, if I would have interviewed some other wrestlers over the years, all right, me, I'm going to ask questions. I'll be respectful about it. I'll ask a question. And when I get the answer that obviously is the PR answer, then I will do a follow-up. And when I do the follow-up and the person refuses to answer, go beats around the bush, doesn't give a, a straight-up answer, and I you know, hop on that a little bit. I come off as a major asshole. I come off as a major dick. And I said this when I, I had that problem with Bully Ray when he was in TNA at that time. 
I told him privately, I understand why he's saying some of the things he says. Common sense, you want to get behind the people you work for. You're going to defend your employee. You're going to, you know, show that you're a team player. That's another reason why I don't do interviews with people. Because I understand someone is not going to, uh, someone is not going to not be a team player simply because they want to be honest. No, you're not going to do that. It's The situation with Saudi Arabia was such a sticky subject that I don't blame WWE and their employees from staying away from interviews because that would have been the question. The, but the problem is when people do have interviews with stars and management because they're so gushed, they're gushed and you know googly-eyed, oh, my God, I'm interviewing so-and-so, and it may not be you know set out publicly but subconsciously my god look who i'm interviewing this is fucking great and they never asked the fucking follow-up questions you remember remember dixie carter with with the finances what was it sports illustrated something and it was uh cash flow positive and (laughs) you you heard that interview and no follow-up fuck's that mean cash flow pot you know and and we came on our show and we broke down what cash flow positive is and for people that want a little quick business lesson that might have forgot what cash flow positive is i'll give you an example right now all right i own a business all right my bank account right now is a thousand dollars in a negative i got a hundred thousand dollars in credit card bills my mortgage is late my electric bill is late my fucking gas bill is late and my bank account is $1,000 in the negative. So you know what? I put $2,000 in the bank. All right? So now I could say, hey, we're cash flow positive. Even though I got $100,000 in credit card debt, even though all my bills are late, because my bank account is $1 in the positive, I am cash flow positive. Uh, and because people are afraid to ask, the, or they're just too stupid. So Roman Reigns, again, square peg, round hole. Sooner or later, he is going to click. They're go- They're not giving up on the Roman Reigns <laughs> situation. It's not an experiment anymore, not after all of these years. And please don't get disgruntled because Daniel Bryan lost against Rusev. He don't need a briefcase to get a push. And, man, you know, be happy for Rusev instead. So now I, I want to follow up with something else. And, you know, this this is something that it's because it's getting closer. It's getting a lot of attention. Brock Lesnar currently at, what, 404 days as his title run. And you see all these photos. CM Punk's reign, Brock Lesnar's reign. Blah, 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 blah. 434 days to 402. And people, even though I went on my rant a couple of weeks ago, stop with the modern era shit. You don't even know what the fuck you're talking about. Modern era ain't since the, the, the letters were changed or the Monday Night Wars were over or when it became Monday Night Raw or because it was this. No, modern era, it does not be be the, ty- the, the time frame that you look at that as or feel it should be or because it just looks right or sounds right. You know, Brock Lesnar going past 434 days is not a goddamn record. Stop with the record. But, 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 I'm going to throw a little but. First time, this whole discussion, I'm throwing a but in there. 
I have no problem with anyone out there that wants to compare CM Punk's reign to Brock Lesnar's reign. There is absolutely nothing wrong with websites, podcasters, social media pages that are going side by side, CM Punk's reign versus Brock Lesnar's reign. You look at sports, it's done all the time. They'll compare someone's batting stats after a thousand games to someone from 30, 40, 50 years ago. There is absolutely nothing wrong with comparing the two. There is a big difference between comparing and bringing up records. CM Punk's reign was not a record. Was it the longest reign in 25 or 30 years? Yeah, absolutely. Doesn't make it a record. So now people are now focusing on just comparing the stats, which I am 100% fine with. And when you do look at them side by side, it's eye-opening. CM Punk in had his reign for 434 days. In the, Brock Lesnar's had his for about 403, 404, somewhere around that. So you look at CM Punk's 404-day reign, he wrestled about 130 times, 135 times. Brock Lesnar has wrestled a total of 10 times. So when you want to turn around and you want to say CM Punk's title reign blows away Brock Lesnar's, you have every right to do so. Just stop with the idea that it's breaking a record, surpassing a record. It's just, it's, it's just not the same. It's two different title belts, and CM Punk. It's he. If it was the uni, if they both held the universal title, and Brock Lesnar were surpassing CM Punk as a universal title, that's different. But it's not a record. But you do look at the stats side by side, and it is eye opening. Four hundred plus days, ten matches, and I am a real stickler to detail. And there's a lot of things I have a problem with. You know, it keeps ringing in my head, you know, Kurt Angle is GM. My job on as WWE general manager is to give the best matches I could possibly give for the people. And Brock Lesnar is not booked for backlash. And now rumors are he's not booked for money in the bank. I mean, as a wrestling fan, I mean, this really pisses people off. But as long as business is well and Saudi Arabia is generating money and merchandise and licensing and rating, everything I said earlier, oh, fucking well, what are you going to do about it? Stop? See, this is what WWE understands, and this is something that's never, ever, ever talked about. Don't underestimate children and the effect of children as far as the current product and the direction goes. And I'll tell you why I say this. Sure, when kids go to live events, all right, adults have to bring them. Adults have to buy the tickets. Adults take them to the event. Kids are not going to go on their own. So you need adults. But when you're an adult and you're a longtime wrestling fan, remember what the average age was for an Impact Wrestling wrestling fan not too long ago. Wasn't the average age like around 50? So if you're in your 30s, your 40s, your 50s, or even in your 20s, all right, maybe not necessarily 20s, you've been watching wrestling for a while. So if one or two wrestlers, you know, you don't like or don't agree with their push and they annoy you, there is a good chance that you're going to continue watching wrestling anyway. But when it comes to children, children have a very short attention span. And 
they were WWE was very concerned with John Cena no longer being the guy on TV week in and week out and week in and week out for all the kids that would show up with the Roman Reigns, I mean, with the John Cena headbands and the shirts and you, I mean, it was just everywhere. So now with John Cena not being on TV anymore, they have to find other people to keep the kids' attention. You know, when everybody says, oh, you know, they should turn Bailey heel, or they should turn this person heel, or they should turn that person heel. When those people are the biggest role models amongst the children, it is very difficult to replace them with someone. And when it comes to, let me, let me say it like this. I want to go to a wrestling event tomorrow. I'm a wrestling fan as an adult. I want to go to a wrestling. It's coming up in my area. The, the prices are cheap. My friends calling, hey, you want to go to a wrestling event? Even if Roman Reigns is the fucking champion, I might still go. Because I'm a wrestling fan. It's coming to my area. I'm hanging out with my friends. There's people on the card that I do like and blah, 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 blah. So me, because I'm a loyal wrestling fan, chances are I'll go. When it comes to a little kid, though, the little kid, the adult is there with the little kid. Not necessarily because the adult is a wrestling fan, but because the adult took the kid there because the kid wanted to go. So for me, the only reason why I am there is because I wanted to go. But when an, another adult is there with a kid, that adult may not necessarily be a wrestling fan. They may be there simply because the kid wanted to go. And yes, WWE takes notice of that. Why? Here's, here's the kicker. And this is something I guarantee you nobody ever talked about. Because when an adult brings the kid, that's two tickets bought. Not one. Kids don't get in for free. It ain't no fucking you know, amusement park thing. They pay for two tickets. So when children go, WWE knows there's two or three tickets being sold for those people that go. Now, there's not many people go by themselves. You know, of course, if I go, I'm going to go with my girl or go with my friend and this and that. But the point is, with a, with a little kid, hey, you know, hey, son, you want to go see WWF wrestling, WWE wrestling, Impact wrestling? Nah, dad, eh, I don't really want to see that. Eh, nah. Guess what? All right, well, I'm going to get a babysitter, and I'm going anyway. And if you don't like that, I got two words for you. Too bad. I'm going to say suck it to my kids. No, but think about that. If a little kid decides, "Eh, I don't want to go, the adult most likely is not going to go either. But as an adult, if I want to go, I'm going to go. I, I hopefully I didn't confuse anybody out there, but believe me, I tell you, you listen to the cheers, listen to yesterday, Rusev versus Daniel Bryan. All right. This has been something for a fucking 15, 20 years. It happened even in Ho- when Hogan in the eighties. All right. But in the eighties, it wasn't necessarily that guys were cheering for the heel and the girls and the kids were cheering for Hogan. No, just the guys just didn't cheer. <laughs> it's really what it was. Guys started cheering more around Attitude Era, Steve Austin Era. I mean, it's it's guys cheered in the 80s, too. They cheered in the 70s also. I'm talking about chants. But if you pay attention, like yesterday is a good example, Rusev versus Daniel Bryan, listen to the, to, to the voice and the tone of the chants. You don't hear a male-sounding audience going, Daniel Bryan, when he returned... And everybody was happy that he was in the ring. Listen to the crowd, the voice and the tone level of the people chanting when Daniel Bryan returned and then listen to the match yesterday. 
All right. It is an obvious difference in tone that yesterday it was primarily women and children cheering for Daniel Bryan, and it was mainly men cheering for Rusev. Now, do some people chant for the other person simply because it's entertainment to entertaining to Daniel Bryan, Rusev Day, Daniel Bryan, Rusev Day, let's go, Dina, Dina talks, let's go. I mean, yeah, it, 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 people do that also because it's the fun thing to do. But again, you pay attention to the pitch level of the chance for certain people, and you realize that there is a certain group of wrestlers that women and children really are attracted to more than anything that root for and pay to see than what the guys are. So, you know, that's really all I have to say about that. So I, I uh, know I ranted a little bit, but I have a few other topics to get into, but I'm going to get into a couple of storyline stupidities that really just annoyed the shit out of me, especially, like I said, with the Brock Lesnar thing and, you know, the just resonating in my head, the Kurt Angle, my job is general managers to give the best matches. And then, you know, you just had a fucking WrestleMania storyline. That Brock Lesnar is a part-time guy, part-time guy, never shows up, part-time guy, and then he retains, and you fucking make the part-time situation even worse. It ain't getting people against Brock Lesnar. We're frustrated that you fucking use this title that way. This isn't the first time they did that with Brock Lesnar. They did that with his reign many years ago, several years ago. We talked about it on the shows. So more storyline stupidity before I get into some shout-outs. Yesterday on SmackDown, you had Becky Lynch taking on Mandy Rose. So Mandy Rose, she's about to go to the ring, absolution, blah, 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 blah. We know that they're no longer, but Mandy Rose is going to go to the ring. She's in the back with Sonya Deville, getting ready to go. And Paige stops them. What are you doing? Sonya Deville's like going to ringside with Mandy Rose. No, you're not. You're staying backstage. Mandy Rose is going to go up by herself. Blah, 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 blah. Now, why is that storyline stupidity? About an hour earlier, you have Peyton Royce go out in her match against Charlotte for the Money in a Bank qualifier. But Paige allows Billy Kay to stay at ringside and interfere. So let me get this straight. Paige allows Billy Kay to go at ringside and interfere in Peyton Royce versus Charlotte, but she doesn't let Sonya Deville go at ringside, not necessarily to interfere in a match, quote-unquote, makes no sense. Now, do you want Don Tony to try to make a little sense out of this? Do you think that WWE will try to cover their tracks next week to make some sense out of this? Well, I'll give you a little scenario. Even though WWE is not a stickler to detail, something like this I think WWE may actually take notice about. You know, stupidity. Paige allows Billy Kay to go ringside, but she doesn't allow Sonny DeVille. What I would like to see happen is, remember, Mandy Rose won her match. She came out with her own music, her own entrance, and a lot of people think that she's going to be a major star. So you know what I would do next week? You start a little storyline where Mandy Rose gets a little bit conceited. She don't need anybody out there for her to win a match. Not necessarily saying that Paige will say to Mandy Rose that that's the reason why I wouldn't let Sonya Deville at ringside because I know you could do it on your own. Maybe Mandy Rose turns around and says, I don't need Sonya Deville. So either way, they could go with that. Will they be that 
detailed. I don't want to make no promises. But if I was a WWE producer, number one, I wouldn't have made that storyline stupidity earlier. If you're not going to allow uh, Billy Kay, if you're not going to allow Sonya Deville at ringside, then you don't allow Billy Kay. One last thing I do want to bring up. A lot of people wanted my thoughts on WWE saying that neither AJ Styles nor Shinsuke were cleared to wrestle simply because they gave each other kicks to the groin. Honestly, I don't have too much of a problem with that because AJ Styles really did get that shot to the face. So he deserved to have uh, a night off this week. Doesn't necessarily mean that Shinsuke needed to have the night off also, but I'm not going to read too much into that one. I don't think that that was big of a deal. I want to give some shout-outs to some of our associate producers. Thank you so much for the support, as always. Luke Tracy, Marique, Jesus Silva, Chuck Jasmine, Louie O, the tag team of Chris Hunt, the evil baker, and Sam Lamy, the evil butcher. Welcome aboard to our Patreon. I hope you enjoy your stay. Uh, Thursday night will be Kev Castle's show, solo show, Castle Chronicles. Shout-out to our associate producers, Tyke Bowers, Karim, Diogo Nobre, Mitch Atkinson, Jerry Stewart, Johnny Marin, Michael Westfall, Brandon Foley, Charles Lentz, The Villainous Havoc, Courtney Summers, Billy Taylor, Michael Perturzo, Nico Time, Simon Hoodie Hood, Carlitos Ortiz Carrera II, Hassan Al-Hashmi. I'll get into more shout-outs in a little bit. Um, you know, I, I, I got to get into this quickly. Two things that I forgot to bring up. Uh, I don't want to jump ahead. But um, I actually have been talking to someone who is close friends with Joni Lara. And this person is actually involved with Joni Lara's estate. And there is some interesting shit going on and behind the scenes and some very uh, interesting details that I don't think has ever been made public about, you know, not just Joni Lara's death but a few things that had transpired after the fact. And the re- and for anybody who's going to say, well, how, why are you talking to, to these people or how did this all happen? Well, if you remember a while back, this was right after Joni Laura had passed away. I talked about her, you know, <laughs> agent, whatever you want to call him, that Anthony Anzaldo Enz- guy, and called him a fraud. And I brought up a lot of things that just resonated as bullshit, fraud, you know, just taking advantage of Joni Lara, you know, just something corrupt about this guy. And apparently my immediate thoughts and my instinct about this guy was not beyond spot on. So, you know, people close that were close to Joni Lara heard my rant on Anzaldo from a couple of years ago and uh, were really taken back by it. So we've been talking a little bit and some information was released to me that is very, very interesting. And I, I'm not going to share it yet. I want to make sure to have the okay. But, you know, it's not nothing earth shattering, but just some more reasons as to anyone out there that thought that this Anthony Anzaldo guy, you know, was a piece of shit before. I, I, I honestly don't know why. Uh, the mom of Joni Laura isn't going after this guy even harder. Or well, not only that, I don't understand why some DA or somebody, you know, representing the town, the city or whatever, 
are just like taking a close look at this guy's, you know, the way he, the money that he's taken under the table and how he's exploited. Somebody's got to take, put a set of eyes on Anthony Anzaldo. And look, I'm not getting anything specific. So if anybody out there is going to say, you better watch what you say. I didn't make any accusations yet. Just he doesn't pass the smell test, in my opinion. And no, I'm not going to get in trouble. Eh, I'm going after Don Tony because he said, I don't pass the smell test. Smell my balls, all right? Especially after I do 100 sit-ups, dick. Anyway, something else. Every week I do This Week in Wrestling History. And, you know, I try to start doing my work on the episodes a week in advance, because it's a shitload of research. And I don't keep bringing up the amount of research involved just so people could say, oh, thank you. Oh, wow. I can't believe you do all that for us. We really appreciate it. Oh, thank you for your hard work. No, I do it because it's hard. And sometimes you uncover very interesting things. And as that show continues, it evolves. It tur- Things morph. I focus on certain things. I stay away from other things. And your feedback is absolutely critical as to how that show progresses. And that show now is really, I mean, with sound bites and everything else, but the one thing that a lot of people wanted over and over again was for me to not just do match results or card results. or You wanted me to bring up specific stories. Somebody gets stabbed. Something here. You know, an incident behind the scenes. Somebody... And that's what I've been really trying to focus on in addition to the results. Anybody could pull results. Anybody could record sound bites. Yes, it's a lot of work, but you also got to do research and investigating. And um, on next week's episode, I talk about the anniversary that a former wrestling hotline guy by the name of M.L. Curley, he got sentenced, I think, next week in history, I think in the year 2000. So I'm going to bring it up next week. But in my research of doing so, I got a little curious. Now, I did a wrestling hotline from 1997 until around 2004, 2005. Um, I mean, yes, we were doing podcasts in 04, um, even a couple in 03, but I was also still doing a hotline. I gave up the hotline completely in around 04, 05. But I started in 97. And back then... You know, I used to get this freak, ML Curley, who did a wrestling hotline, I think, out of Detroit, Michigan. He used to call my hotline also, and he would leave messages. Hey, keep up the great work. Hey, you're doing a good job there. Hey, this and that. And at one time, for anybody who used to listen to wrestling hotlines, you know, I, I have t- brought up these people in the past, Blackjack Brown and King Jordan. And they both were great with their hotlines. You know, at some points, King Jordan and I used to butt heads, but he really put his ass into the work that he did. And Blackjack Brown was a, was a all right guy. He's still alive. I don't want to make it sound like he's dead. But Blackjack Brown was also a photographer. Wrestling events, you could see him at ringside, WWF events, this and that. I mean, if you ever look at old school WWF stuff, especially at the garden, you'll see, and I'm not trying to say that not a lot of photographers were black, but there was always this one black guy over and over and over again in a lot of events. And I say black because if I don't specify black, you're going to look at old school stuff. You're going to see about 10, 12 photographers at ringside and you're going to be like, which one is it? So if I say the black, you know, there's, there was a black photographer back then and you could, Oh, okay. That's him. That's blackjack Brown. He used to do 900 number. 
And the Daily News here in New York used to always, every week, put up match results and would have a column by the slammer. And at the very end, it would say, you know, uh, Scott Hall, Kevin Nash, rumored to be leaving WWF. You know, details on Blackjack Brown's hotline, $1,900, $1.99 a minute, whatever it was. So when my hotline took off and became the most listened-to wrestling hotline in the United States, and that is a fact, I mean, it's not even disputed, Blackjack Brown and King Jordan approached me about doing a 900 number. And I, I'm not trying to sound like this fucking great guy and, wow, you're such stand-up and you're a role model. You know, I was going to do it. They were prepping me and telling me how to do this and this and this, and at the very last minute, I backed out. And the reason why I backed out was because this was 1998, 1999, and I just, I'm a nobody. I'm not in the business and I just kind of felt awkward that here I am going to be charging people money to hear me do a hotline and I'm being fed stuff from Blackjack Brown and King Jordan. And the reason, and some people are going to say, well, then why did they bring you on, wanted to bring you on if you didn't have context of sources? Because of my analysis, my opinions. It was going to be more of like a rant. I was going to bring up news, but also interject opinion. And because I could yap and yap and yap and yap and yap, they thought I could keep people's attention for like five or ten minutes. Next thing you know, you spent $19 on a wrestling call? What the fuck is that? And just a little growing up Don Tony. I, I've brought this up once before. I don't know if I ever did it on these shows, but I will reveal something now. I, I kind of, I don't feel guilty about it because I fucking paid my money, man. I mean, I pushed tickets for ECW towards its end. I got their money. There a lot of people. I fucking was loyal to their products from 1993 on. But I used to uh, take advantage of their hotline. And for people that don't know what I'm talking about, and this is really, really old school. ECW, late 90s, you know, early 2000s before they closed, they had a 900 number. I don't remember what the number was. Some blah, 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 blah for ECW. Brian Pillman even had the, uh, what was it, 1-900-909-PILL, I think it was. But ECW had a hotline. And I called it. I had my own hotline, but I still called it, and I paid money. And a feature that ECW and Paul Heyman used to have on their 900 number was a contest. And they would ask, like, five questions, and you would push the button on your phone for the answer. And if you got all five questions right, I think Joey Styles is the one that did the commentating for it. But if you got all five questions right, you would hear, I think Joey, I'm pretty sure it was Joey Styles say, you know, you win after the tone, leave your name and address and we're going to send you an ECW hat or an ECW shirt or whatever it was. And what I would do, because I wanted an ECW hat, I knew that if you pressed whatever button it was on your phone, you could go right into the contest. So what? how much does a, a hat go? $10, $15 on WWE shop? So fuck it. I call the ECW hotline up because I was a loyal follower of their show. I mean, it, you couldn't fucking catch me on it. You get me wrong on trivia. I still, to this day, anybody wants to challenge me on ECW trivia, bring it, motherfuckers. I think uh, I'll probably get 98 to 99% of the answers correct. But anyway, so long story short, what I started doing when I first was calling the hotline and I saw heard about the contest, I got it right. I got a hat. Then I participated again a couple of weeks later. One, got another hat. 
So what I started doing was I called the hotline up. I didn't do anything illegal. Didn't do anything fraud. Soon as you would hear, this is Joey Stott, beep. I would go right to the fucking selection for the contest. And because the questions were random, the quest, sometimes the questions were the same over and over and over again. You'd get the same five questions. If you called the trivia section 10 times, six or seven of those times, you might be asked the same five questions over and over again. So if you push that button almost immediately and went into the trivia thing, you might only stay on the phone for two or three minutes and you got yourself a hat. So I would only spend four to six bucks, fucking get hats and shirts. I won that contest like 10, 20 times in a matter of like a month, month and a half. I mean, I wasn't committing anything fraudulent, but that was one of the, the you know, the faults. You know, when you do hotlines like that, you have to, you know, be be prepared. You know, people are always trying to figure out ways and take shortcuts and everything. And that's what you used to do. So anyway, so where this is all going, what I was saying is, so I didn't do the 900 number back then. But then ML Curley in 98 or 99 approached me about doing a hotline. I think it was me, him, Blackjack Brown, and King George. You should really reconsider this and that. And at that time, all we knew about him was that he was involved with either a newspaper or a, a radio station in Detroit, Michigan, I believe it was. But he also had a wrestling hotline, ML Curley's wrestling hotline. It was famous. And I never called it. I think I called once just to hear what this was about. But he he just sounded like a weirdo. You know, he was just a little, he believed wrestling a little bit too real. If anybody goes back in the day, remember Captain Lenny? And he used to say, when I go to the garden and the rock points to the crowd, he's pointing at me. He honestly, deep down inside, he that's the same guy when I was in that restaurant that time with uh, a couple of wrestlers in the valet. I'm trying to remember her name. She's in Florida. And we called a guy up, and he was going to take a bath with his dog, and we were trying to get him to masturbate on the phone. I still have that audio. If anybody wants to hear it, I'll be more than happy to share it. It's one of the funniest things. My medulla oblongata legitimately swelled up. That's how funny it was. How would you like a brown eye on the tip of your nose? I like women. I like women. That's one of the funniest things, but... You know, this ML Curley was a weirdo. So I was researching the case because next week when I do the show, I'm covering his, you know, conviction of going to jail for 16 years for molesting boys. So as I pull the court records last week, start pulling more things, I find out that this son of a bitch got released from prison in 2016. I think a few people may have known that already, but... When he was released, he was immediately put on the sex offender registry. So I wanted to pull some information there. And as I'm going further, and this this is kind of like echoes. Remember the Perry Saturn stuff? I'm the one that found out that Perry Saturn was still alive when people feared that he was dead. And in the process, I got I found out about the divorce and the accusations. And then his ex-wife is calling me up. You, if you know where he is, I need to know because, you know, I have a judgment. He, he owes me alimony. He's going to get arrested. I think it, there was a wrestling reunion show. I don't know if it was Extreme Reunion, but I remember a wrestling reunion show where Perry Saturn couldn't go because they were afraid that people would show up and arrest him because of, like, Not child support, I think it was alimony at the time. But for me, you know, because I originally did the article that Perry Saturn no-sells bullets, you know, I was asked, you know, find out if he's alive. 
And one thing led to another, and I found all this crazy shit, and I'm reporting it. And here I am at the time thinking, wow, look at all this stuff I uncovered. I'm a fucking reporter. I'm a journalist. Look what I've researched. I came off looking like the biggest dick in the world. The Kamala stuff, all right? Dawn Marie, no good. I took Dawn Marie's side. Dawn Marie gave me uh, so much of an ag- a lesson about wrestler's rescue. And I know to this day she was trying to do the right thing. All right. And, you know, people are challenging this and that. And I took her side. And it was a whole thing about a check and Kamala and something bounces and that. And I, I talked to Dawn Marie and she's telling me all the things. And I went on my show and I said that Kamala's full of shit because he had a leg amputated and because he wasn't doing well. Here I am just showing everybody that Kamala, maybe not intentionally lying, but he's wrong on what he's saying about Dawn Marie. I came off looking like a dick. So that's why I don't do crazy research like that anymore. I'll do research for history, but I'm not going to do research to try to uncover specific personal things or other things about people. It's just, it's, it's fucked up. Let someone else do it. Anyway, the bottom line is ML Curley is apparently dead. <laughs> I And, you know, look, I don't want anybody to get annoyed. Well, you said all that just to tell us that he's dead, a fucking pedophile we don't give a shit about. Hey, it sparked a little bit of growing up Don Tony talking about the ECW hotline. Some day, you know, it's it sparked some other conversation. But apparently this motherfucker is dead. And if you actually want to be creeped out and just hear like someone who really was just an absolute terrible person and you realize that he was very famous with his wrestling hotline, just look up M.L. Curley. And for those that, you know, are going to ask about the name, that's not his real name, but the reason why he used M.L. Curley was because he was a gigantic fan of the Three Stooges. M was the initial for Mo. L was the initial the initial for Larry and Curly for the last name M L Curly. So apparently the guy is dead. Anyway, I want to get into some other things. You know, I mentioned him on Twitter yesterday. It's kind of messed up that a lot of people just ignored that he died, and I I will be the first one to say it. I it was not I what it wasn't that I wasn't a fan of Bill Big Bully Busick. I just didn't care. I just never got into his character. I know there's a couple of matches of him on the WWE Network, but I was never really a fan of his work. I mean, he obviously had that very unique look because of the mustache. But for those that don't know, he passed away, I believe, yesterday at the age of 63 years old. If you do some research on Big Bully Busick, you'll find out that he was a police officer. He actually has a very impressive career outside of wrestling. And he was a wrestling fan. And, you know, he had health issues over the last bunch of years. He had problems with his heart, um, had some issues, I believe, with cancer. And at one point, I think he was cancer-free as of two years ago, but he obviously still had some complications. I think he had spinal fluid cancer last year. It's He went through a lot of hell. And even though I didn't, was it, again, I wasn't, like I didn't it's not that I didn't like him, but there was some wrestlers back then that you just were indifferent about. And he was one of them. But still, I mean, you you learn a little bit about his background and his personal life and you know how where he wrestled before he came to the WWF. 
and I think this guy deserves a little bit of rest and peace from people out there. I, I when I mentioned it, I expected I didn't expect anybody to put up tributes or anything like that, but there was a lot of people that didn't even bother like mentioning it. And I was like, oh, you know, that's a little fucked up. And for those that are going to ask, yes, WWE did actually acknowledge it. That's actually where I saw it from. Uh, they actually reported on their website that he had passed away. Oh, you know, something else I got to mention, too. On Monday's DTKC show, we brought up that the Ronda Rousey Smoke and Mirrors tour went through Long Island. And, you know, we've brought it up every week now. She's been on TV for many months, had one match, WrestleMania, which was practiced for several months. And we're starting to, like, notice that, you know, maybe she's not ready for primetime. Yeah, look, I'm a big fan of hers. I'm excited to see what her WWE career has in store. But when they portray full-time players, she's going to be on, you know, treated like everybody else, blah, 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 blah. And then you see this. It's like, all right, what the fuck? This is almost like worse than Brock Lesnar. The reason why I'm not ripping on Ronda Rousey is because she still is new. So I will give her that time to season. This is more WWE than anything else. And I was a little pissed, not pissed, but a little annoyed at the way WWE apparently handled something with her on Monday. You know, Monday night, we didn't hear that why she wasn't on TV. There was no mention of it. Early in the day, getting the show together, there's no discussion at all. We had no idea she wasn't going to be on the show. So we said what we said on Monday. So we find out now that around 9 p.m. Monday night, very quietly on their social media page, they reported that Ronda Rousey was in Fiji recording, filming for Shock Week on the Discovery Channel. I have no problem with her filming that, but I'm a little confused why they waited until 9 p.m. on Monday night and quietly mentioned on the social media page. I know what some people are going to immediately think. Did WWE do that on purpose? Because even though it may be a very, 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 very tiny number, did they think, okay, well, some people are tuning in to Raw just to see Ronda Rousey. So we'll quietly mention it at 9 p.m. And by then, if they're watching the show, they'll probably continue watching and not many people will change the channel and watch something else. So we'll quietly mention online. I don't know why they did it the way they did, but the handling of Ronda Rousey, other than the WrestleMania match, I think a lot of people will agree that it, it is not, turning out what we thought it would be for the first couple of months. Did we think she was going to have a dozen matches by now? Absolutely not. But if you remember around WrestleMania time when people thought, oh, you know, she's going to main event next year's WrestleMania, streak versus streak, Oscar versus Ronda Rousey, what did I say? She won't even have enough matches that you could fit on on a retarded hand. Think about how many weeks she's been on the main roster now, and she's had just that one match that was practiced for months and months and months. So, you know, I don't, I, I'm don't. i just not liking the way that WWE is handling Ronda Rousey right now. You know, once she's on TV, of course, we all enjoy it. We pop, this, is and that. But still, just the way it's being handled. Here's another thing, too. You know, I don't know if anybody else has taken notice of this, but think of the heat storyline think of the heat between daniel bryan and the miz going back to when db couldn't even wrestle 
Remember talking smack? Daniel Bryan walks off the stage, blah, 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 blah. They do the superstar shake-up. We're going to shake it up. And then Daniel Bryan, even though he's no longer general manager of SmackDown, he could pull a couple of strings, and he had The Miz drafted to SmackDown. Now he can finally get his hands on The Miz. Where is the match between The Miz and Daniel Bryan? How come Daniel Bryan is not showing up on TV week after week after week wanting to beat the fuck out of The Miz? I'm starting to take notice of that. Sure, they may want to save that for WrestleMania, but storyline stupidity, how dumb is that? The Miz and Daniel Bryan are on the same roster. And after all of that heat, after all of that dissension, is it real? Is it shoot? Is it part shoot? Is it this? Or is it just flat out entertaining? And you realize they're on the same show. And how many weeks now have the Miz and DB been on the same show and they're not interacting with each other? Not, I, I, I don't count tweets or an Instagram post. Why aren't they fucking get, trying to get physical on TV? I mean, I know why. They're trying to milk it. But is anybody else taking notice of this? This is just really, really sloppy shit. There's a lot of sloppiness going on right now with WWE writing. And the sad part is, and I go back to what I said earlier, WWE's getting all that revenue right now. Oh, you know, we can, we, we can afford to be a little bit careless. Hey, you don't like it? Too fucking bad. Shout out to Brett Webster, Brandon Goins, Aaron Walker, Aaron Kloss, Out in the Here, Anthony Smith, James Gruesome, Mark Israel, Matt Militia, Jeffrey Collins, Julian LeBlanc, Anthony Arado, Tim Everhart, Bob O'Mac, Sean DeMarsh, Lucia Dalban, Dan Hayes Valdez, Mandingo Chamberlain, Josh Wilson, Jason Pratt, Toby DeShong, Scott Woodford, CJ Uihara, Crestman, James Deal, Anna the Gay Banana, Frank O'Shea, Carl Buteau, a.k.a. Cheese and Rice, the Metaphor Isaac Fox, Marcus Antonius, Douglas McKay, Rob McKay, Brian Byrne, Adam Demoy, Razorback Rob, Daniel Warren, Steve Spiniak, Michael Cuomo, and Merle Coombs Jr. Thank you, as always, for your support. They are the associate producers. They are the stockholders of what we do. And they, along with our other patrons, are the reason why these shows are free for everyone. And if you've never checked out our Patreon page, sign up for a month. You know, even if you sign up for a month and download the hundreds of hours of content that is exclusive there, I'm telling you, you'll sign up there. You'll actually absolutely have a ball. And it's a very tight-knit family there. It's a very small group of people. And even when we have those contests, if you follow me on Twitter at Don Tony D and you see the prize wall that is over there, keep in mind that... You know, even though we have, you know, a small number of people, they only about one third or one fourth of them participate in the contest. So you have an awesome, awesome chance of winning some crazy ass prizes. I mean, I just put up, you know, a signed photo of Chris Benoit that's got the PSA, DNA, authentication, Eddie Guerrero stuff. I mean, just some there's some really rare shit up there. And I try to span it across, you know, all generations of wrestling. Vintage stuff from the 70s, 80s, Attitude Era, stuff from today, cash prizes. We're going to be putting up some prizes soon that have nothing to do with wrestling, you know, just to try to mix it up a little bit. Seriously, sign up over there, patreon.com slash Don Tony. I promise you, you will absolutely enjoy it. Shout out to TV Tracks. He's got clips of our show and others on YouTube. Rock Reviews. And DJ Dells and his sneaker podcast, they're both on YouTube as well. Very unique podcast, a whole lot of fun. 
SubZeroComics.com for all your wrestling and collectible and comic book needs. Christ in the Toyverse has a podcast as well. You can find them on YouTube under the name Undercover Capes. Your Best Bargains LLC has an Amazon store and an eBay store. You can find them under the same name there. And finally, Skyhawk's Wrestling Collectibles. He is on eBay under the name Skyhawk28. Very, very cool shit as well. And uh, definitely show them some love. Go check out their their, their places and even the collectible sites. Browse. Just take a look at what they have. You never know. Something may actually catch your eye. And that has happened to me several times recently. So... Other than that, I'm trying to see. I don't think there's really much else that I could get into. You know, remember, this right now is Wednesday, about 1 p.m. Eastern Standard Time on my lunch hour. I know it's a little bit more than an hour right now. But, you know, we just did the Don, Tony, and Kevin Castle show less than 48 hours ago. So not always there's a plethora of shit to get into less than 48 hours later. But... You know, it was enough discussion and some wrestling news to mix in as well. I hope you enjoyed it. I will be back with your next edition of Breakfast with Blossy in two weeks, which will be the 23rd of May. Uh, you can follow me once again on Twitter, at DonTonyD, the website, DonTony.com. Email me, DonTony, at DonTony.com. Our Facebook page is Facebook.com slash DTKC Show. And once again, if you like what we do, Want to support the shows, help us keep the bills paid, keep the lights on, you know, because this does involve quite a bit of expense. Give our Patreon page a chance. Patreon.com slash Don Tony. Believe me, you sign up over there. We have contest giveaways, exclusive podcasts that you can only hear, hear over there. Kevin Castle will be dropping his latest installment of Castle Chronicles, his solo show, on Thursday night. And speaking of Thursday night, Wrestling Soup. Shout out to Mish. This Monday, it's going to be either yours truly alone, possibly yours truly and Mish, or even maybe Joey Numbers if he's around. And if he is, I think we will probably pick his brain a little bit about the shit that went down between him and Barrett Corbin over the weekend. So uh, Kev will be off Monday. He is going to have some minor dental surgery done. I will be off the following Monday. So the following Monday, the 21st, it'll either be Kev Castle solo or Kev Castle and Mish. We'll see. I am out of here. Everyone enjoy the rest of the week. Happy Mother's Day to all the moms out there. Uh, whether you're here or you're looking down on everybody, my thoughts are with each and every one of you out there. And I will be spending Mother's Day this weekend with my mom. And uh, I just, um, just so absolutely happy and privileged that she is still here on this earth Uh, What transpired two years ago, I don't wish on anybody. That's why every time I see the news about Vader and what's going on with his heart issues, so much of it is a carbon copy of what went down with my mom. In fact, I think Vader may have had, I don't know if he had a pacemaker put in the last couple of days, but he was uh, having problems with an irregular heartbeat. I think he was um, struggling with AFib. So they actually had to do a little bit of a procedure to keep his heartbeat in check. So if you haven't had the opportunity to do so already, and uh, even if you weren't a fan of Vader, even if you're a young fan and he'd already been coming gone when you became a wrestling fan, I think you would appreciate a little bit of cheering up. Go to his Facebook, his Twitter, Instagram, wherever you can find Vader and Send a couple of comments, you know, thinking about you, well wishes, feel better, keep strong. I think he really would appreciate it. So, 
All right, everyone. Enjoy the rest of the week. Happy Mother's Day once again to every, all the moms out there. And I'll be back two weeks from today, 23rd of May. Take care, everybody. Support the Don, Tony, and Kevin Castle Show on Patreon. Get access to thousands of hours of back episodes. Get bonus episodes and exclusive shows. Castle Chronicles. Breakfast Soup. Pay-per-view recaps. DVDs. Beer koozies. Tattoos. And more. Support the show that's entertained millions for over 16 years. Patreon.com slash Don Tony. Once again, Patreon.com slash Don Tony.